So, you're a professional pressure washing contractor, and you're good at what you do. Putting dirt and grime in its place every day. But it's a business, and that part is hard. That's where we come in. That's where we come in. This is Under Pressure. Learn from the experts who've done it. How to run a successful, professional pressure washing business. Say that three times quick. You're about to get impactful and practical tips on how to run the business side of what you love to do. Jake Aronson as the producer a Pair Payments Production. This is Under Pressure. And this is Dave and Joey. Home services industry experts. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Under Pressure, the podcast that serves pressure washing community. I am very excited to be here in our uh, kickoff episode with uh, Jonathan Peters from uh, TCAM. Jonathan, say hi to the world. Hey, world, how's it going? Hope it's uh, warm and sunny where you're at because it's gotten warm here in North Carolina, so I'm excited about that. Outstanding. Well, it's freezing cold up here in Cape Cod. The wind is blowing. It's 38 degrees, and I don't want to go outside, so we'll stay in here and talk to you. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, uh, Jonathan is uh, is one of the real uh, brains in the industry, and uh, we're excited to have him as an industry expert to really kind of talk about some of the things that, especially as we're going into the end of the year and the holidays are approaching, And uh, we are hearing all kinds of things out there about supply chain problems and inability to get uh, equipment and chemicals. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're also going to talk today about really how do we um, how how do we get ourselves prepared uh, for the next year by getting equipment now and getting some of those tax advantages that are associated with that. So just to give everyone for those of you who haven't met Jonathan or, or seen him out there. Uh, in the uh, pressure washing world, um, Jonathan is the is the owner of TCM Industrial Services, and uh, it's more than just a pressure washing store. They 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 formulate and manufacture a lot of their stuff in house as far as uh, the chemicals for washing, uh, commercial truck washing, industrial heavy equipment sector, um, and and their their real goal is not just to sell equipment. It's really about helping the marketplace and helping them become successful entrepreneurs and, and helping to grow their business, which is really right in line with what we're trying to do. And uh, that's why we thought Jonathan would be a great fit for, for our company moving forward. So, uh, so Jonathan, talk to me a little bit about, you know, number one, how did you get into the industry? You know, what was your focus? What were some of the things that really kind of got you excited about this sector? Well, it's um, my, my business partner is my father and he had been in this industry since I was, man, probably 10 years old. And I remember as a kid, him washing trucks on the side just to kind of gain some extra business, which seems to be a lot of what our customers do. Um, So he started formulating stuff on his own because he got tired of using other people's um, water for lack of a better way to put it. And so that's kind of how this started. Now, there was never any intention to take this any further other than just to kind of put my, um, you know, myself and my sister through college. So, you know, dad and I had talked on and off about it for a while now. And um, I just I spent quite a few years in healthcare, um, had climbed the corporate ladder and realized one day that, you know what, healthcare is a very hard industry and it was time to not be there anymore. Um, So my father had reached the age uh, mid 60s, was looking to kind of scale back, but didn't didn't want to work for someone because he'd been on his own for so many years. So we decided to partner, um, took just the two of us. Seven years later, we've got 10 employees and just kind of have um, really enjoyed this market. But what we did was is, um, you know, took the products that we had, 
the chemicals that we were making and then just kind of said, okay, what else will complete what we're offering our customers? So that's when we decided to look at carrying parts, um, equipment. Then it looked into, okay, how many technicians do we need to do to service machines for guys to keep them on the road? Um, and what we realized in the industry is a lot of places are very compartmentalized when it comes to what they work on. So we just decided to, well, you know what, if it comes through the door and it needs repair, we're going to fix it. Um, so that's kind of, that's really helped out with us to be able to um, grow our market here um, in the Greensboro, Kernersville area. Um, and then it just now, as we go forward, when something comes up or as the market changes, you know, we'll add that product to our store or we'll, you know, do some research on what, if we can blend something along those lines and offer it instead of offering someone else's, we'll offer our own. Um, so we, it's, you know, it's funny cause this industry has grown so fast over the last five years, um, where there were, you know, there were people in this industry, but now it has become national and even your big boxes are selling pressure washers. I mean, you know, five years ago, you couldn't, you couldn't go to Walmart and buy a pressure right, washer. Right. Um, now you can. So, you know, we've had to adjust that. Um, but you know, that's on the homeowner side, you know, we, we tend to like to stay in the commercial, um, industrial side where you know, guys that are doing it for a living, um, you know, so that way there's a partnership there between yeah. us where we're able to help them, you know, make money for their family and it just benefits us in long-term relationships. Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's important to, you know, from, from a, a strictly business point of view, you know, I, I have a pressure washer at, at my house, right? And I'll go, I'll yeah. go out and I'll pressure washer the deck and I'll pressure wash the, the furniture. And it's like an all day event, right? <laughs> They're like, all that's, that's right. That's I'm right. Wet, that's my right. arms are vibrating. And, uh, but, but when, uh, <laughs> when we, you know, we have the house cleaned and a pressure washer comes by, um, you know, we, we've also, you know, when we first bought the house, we had a press and they did the whole thing in like three hours. I was amazed how fast they got exactly. through and how clean it looked. So it's, uh, the, the home right. version of pressure washing is definitely not the same thing. So, um, you know, it's a definitely, it's a much higher level of, uh, of expertise and speed and, and knowledge and know what they're doing. And, uh, you know, what, yeah. what really shocked me was when I, 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 my first experience with the corporate side of pressure washing was I went to, uh, the huge conference and, you know, that's where I, I was introduced to you when I was there. I, I was right. shocked how big that conference was. I, I thought I was going to go to a small little conference, mm -hmm. maybe a hundred people. That place was mobbed and, and not just like the individual person, but like large businesses, multi-million dollar businesses that are out there, um, you know, driving the industry. Um, when did you first realize when you had your store, when you were first getting started, when did you first realize that there's an entire community here that, that I really have to kind of grow out into servicing? You know, it's funny. Um, we partnered in 2014 and by the end, I'd say about mid year of 2015, it took, it took a year, um, to kind of really, okay, our footprints here, start talking with the guys that we were already selling chemicals to, because what was happening is, is guys were coming here buying chemicals from us because, you know, we're selling a concentrated version of chemical, um, instead of a watered down version. And then yet they were going somewhere else to buy the parts, do the service, those kind of things. So, um, what we did is we just kind of sat down and said, okay, who are we offering all these chemicals to? What are they buying now? Now, what else do they do? Um, so we just took a snapshot instead of saying, all right, we're going to go out and market to all these new customers. 
we just decided to look at our current, you know, customer basket and really focus in on maximizing what we do for 50 customers as opposed to trying to go out and get, you know, 250 customers that only buy one drum of chemical. Right. So that's how we kind of, I mean, we really took our business and said, okay, you know, these companies do this. So we need a technician that can service these style of equipment. Um, you know, these customers buy this. So now we need to put someone in the store that can manage um, inventory and making sure we get those products. So that's, that's kind of the way we've done that. Um, and it's been interesting because like you were saying, you know, that was my first actual convention too that I had gone to. And I was actually kind of floored at the amount of people that were there. Yeah. Um, and it, it just kind of reaffirms to me that, A, with COVID going on, everybody wants to start their own business. So everybody's got a side hustle going on, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but it, it told me what we need to do is there are a million products out there. And some guys like this trigger gun versus this trigger gun, they ultimately do the same thing. So how we maximize selling to them is by telling them what works and being that go-to and almost going back to like old school um, customer service. You know, we are there with a smile and a handshake right. and we're going to make it happen for right, you. Right. You know, it's it's not like, well, you know, they can access anything they want online. They can get all the information, but they know when they call us that we stand by our word because, you know, if I got to go out and do a demo for them, we're going to go do that demo where you can't get that online. Right, right. So you can watch a hundred YouTube videos, but that doesn't actually do anything when you go out and stand in front of the brick yourself. Yeah, it almost, it know, almost sounds so like when I was growing up, you know, we didn't have the Home Depots. We had the we had the true value and you had the, the that guy there, the yeah. apron, you know, that had the answer to everything you could right. possibly need to fix. So that's kind of more your mentality, right? That's right. You know, and, you know, we, we've gone back and forth about, you know, do we do we go full on scale in e-commerce and really kind of compete in the national market? Um, or do we just kind of to focus in on what we're doing here locally and really just capture every pressure washer that's here local? Um, yeah, they can buy their products elsewhere, too. And it's the same stuff. But you know what? Ultimately, they're coming to us because they know that we're going to produce for them and we'll always have it in stock. And if we don't, we're going to make it happen that they've got something else that they can use instead. So, yeah, it's kind of you're right. Going back to that red apron on. You know, that we're the guys that are we're manufacturing and we're doing it. Um, and then we're going to provide you with that service that you need. So great. Well, that's certainly a throwback. Uh, customer service is, is, is uh, in, in high demand, but rarely seen these days. So I'm sure the people, yeah, amen you know, to the that. people in your community, I'm sure are really happy to have you there. Um, you know, so let's tap into a little bit of that brain power that we, we, we brought you on for. And uh, we're, we're getting into the end of the year. Um, a lot of tax implications uh, are, are out there for companies. Uh as we're kind of moving into 2022 and, um, you know, great time to purchase equipment, get some additional write-offs, right. uh, get that profit margin down a little bit lower so that uh, Uncle Sam doesn't take quite a big bite of the apple. Um, what, okay. what should people, what's coming in the next year? What should they be prepared for? How should they reevaluate their equipment and what they should be utilizing? And uh, what, what you know, let's let's throw this one on top of that is, uh, you know, what's the new big product that's coming out in, in this industry? So we'll touch on that topic first. So what we're seeing is um, gallons per minute. That's always kind of been the, you hear pressure washing. Everybody thinks, well, I got to have pressure. Well, and really it shouldn't be called a pressure washer. It should be called something like gallons per minute machine gotcha. because flow of water or like the flow machine, you know, because flow of water is what actually does the cleaning. In certain, in certain instances, pressure is really good. Um, but for most substrates, like washing your home on your siding, you don't want to put pressure on the siding. It can, you know, or on wood, you don't want to do that. So 
But what we're seeing is a big influx into more gallons per minute. So, you know, like this over the last year and a half, eight gallons a minute has become like a big catchphrase. You know, that's everybody wants a big unit, lots of flow. Um, but now we're starting to see a shift even into more flow, 10 gallon a minute units, you know, starting to, to get into double digits, which, you know, they've always been around, but that's more for, um, you know, environmental companies that are moving tons of water, trying to get rid of tons of, um, you know, material or debris, trying to move that. But what we're seeing is, is the more building that happens in, in um, commercial spaces, more concrete, you know, that now all these things are having to be cleaned. So you need more flow to, to clean all these surfaces. Um, so there's been a big push into that, um, which has been good. So, so it's kind of like, you know, at the end of the year, what guys are doing, unfortunately, is I think they wait till mid-season and realize that they've now gotten, you know, three or four, we'll just say large apartment complexes to clean. Right. Um, they got a five-gallon-a-minute unit, and they're working with a surface cleaner that's 16 inches, and they've got, you know, a couple hundred thousand square foot of surface they now got to right. clean. Um, so they want to come in and upgrade mid season with a eight gallon a minute unit or a 10 gallon a minute unit by a service cleaner. What's well, like, well, if you'd have given that some, some thought on, you know, October, November, December, quarter four right. on what are your goals for, you know, say 2022, you could have purchased those units now had them ready to go. So you hit the ground running in March and April, um, as opposed to waiting till May or June and then trying to say, man, I've got to get it now. Um, let's just throw it on a trailer and then we'll patch it together so I can go do these jobs. Right. So we, we try to counsel our guys on that, try to give them that thought process. It's like, Hey, you know what? Let's plan this out. If this is the direction you're really kind of going into, let's, let's, let's sit down in October, plan out a trailer build. Um, and then let's plan that for November, December. So a, you can plan your money. You're going to talk to your accountants and then B it gives us time to get everything in, in, in house. Right. And we can do the fabrication to fit your need instead of just throwing it on a trailer, throwing four bolts in the unit and plugging a hose to it, you know, because it doesn't doesn't necessarily always work that right. well. Well, that, that, um, I mean, so, so you, you, you want to make sure that the strategy is there because and a lot of people don't think this way. But, you know, the last thing you want to be doing is piecing together your equipment when it's time for you to be doing sales. Um, exactly. Well, that's exactly right. So into, you know, these guys, a lot of these guys, they'll get out there and I, and I know, you know, especially new, new incoming guys, we've all been new in a business and you're, you know, you're on a shoestring budget and you're trying to make it happen. But what we always try to tell guys is, man, if you're out on a job and your equipment fails, what's your backup right. plan? You know, what, what's your backup plan? I don't care if you're just getting started or not. You always got to have plan B because the, the worst thing that could happen is, is you bid a job to go clean a house for $200 now you're going to have to stop mid mid job, go get us to fix it, you know, for say 150 bucks. Well, you've just, I mean, the jobs, it's a wash at that point. And um, and if you so we try to talk lost, those guys right? into that. Consider the time you lost. Yeah. If you're worth a hundred dollars an hour, that, that, that probably turned into a $350 loss because you didn't plan ahead. Oh yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, well, I can't afford another unit. Well, you don't have to have another unit, but you got to have another source of, a getting chemical out there and B being able to rinse right. it, you know? So those are the things that, you know, there are so many different options um, other than just pressure washers that allow you to do those things. So, so that's where, you know, we've been able to help guys kind of plan through that and think through that. 
because um, the beauty is, is a lot of these guys that are, you know, that are gun ho in this for their business, you know, they've thought through that. They know what they want. Right. And, um, you know, thanks to thanks to YouTube and everything, there's so many videos and so many things that guys post now. So you can, you know, you can kind of go to the buffet, so to speak, and look at all the different variations you want and then kind of fit it to your need, right. whether you want to, are you going to pull up on, so I mean, like one thing, are you going to pull up on the left side of your trailer on the curb? Or are you going to pull up on the right side? Do you like, you know, pulling in or pulling out? I mean, where are your hoses going to pull off? Those kind of things that these guys aren't going to think right. about. That's what we, you know, that's what we sleep on is, okay, which side do the hoses pull off? Do they pull off the back, the front, those, all those things. Um, so, you know, it's been interesting because one of the questions I'll ask some of these guys as I get to know them is, is what is your, what do your accountants say about where you are currently? You know, do you know your numbers? Do you know this? And a lot of the guys are like, well, I just scan and send my receipts and they send them right to them. And then at tax time, we just figure that out. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> no, that, 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 hurt, that hurts my head uh, yeah. just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I get it. Everybody's been new in a business and they're just trying to figure that out. But, you know, we, we try to talk them through that. Like, okay, you know what? I know what's your budget, you know, and then, okay, do we want to maximize your budget or do we want to, you know, do we kind of want to just piece this together? You know, so we always have those conversations. Right, um, right. And man, we are, I'm, I'm so blessed to have guys like um, Steve who run, who run my showroom um, that he, he's so good at asking those questions and just really getting to know the guys. We're not trying to sell equipment, man. We're trying to build a relationship, you know I mean? And, and that's the key. It's not, for us, it's not trying to get you out the door and get the money collected. It's literally, what what time do we have to spend so that way you constantly come back over the course of your relationship? As long as you're in business and we're here, man, that's what we want. We want you 100% committed to us for the eternity, you know, uh, for the for the for the long haul in, in your business. So that's kind of our goal. Right, right. I was uh, I was uh, reading an article that um, Warren Buffett uh, had written. I think it was in Forbes about two months ago. And one of the things he talked about was if you start chasing money as a business as a business person, oh, you're yeah. going to be chasing money for the rest of your life. And um, yeah. he he talked about you know if you commit to your customer, really commit to them. Um, show them that, you know, you got your back all the way through it. You're a source of advice. You, you can offer things beyond just here's a product, here's a dollar. He said that then the money, then the money starts chasing you. And, uh, yeah, that and, makes that, sense. and when that happened, I mean, he's, I, I, you know, w- w- you know, a lot of people love Warren Buffett. A lot of people can't stand him. But when you're, uh, when you're, when you have a hundred billion in the bank and you're still driving a 12 year old pickup <laughs> truck and you're living in a 2,800 square foot ranch, the guy's got a little bit of common sense to him, you know? <laughs> so that's exactly um, right. That's exactly but, uh, right. You know, that message is something that to the listeners um, <laughs> out there uh, who are really, um, you know, getting started uh, to take some uh, take some pointers from that experience that, uh, you know, yeah. we always we, we take, you know, when you get started, you're taking every deal, you're taking everything you can get. You can be a little bit selective um, because some of the some of those deals right. that you take could be really bad ones for you and waste a lot of your time when you could put your effort into a really good deal develop a really good relationship with that customer make sure that you're the first person on their mind and grow from that. Um, so that, that's, that's yeah. an important thing. So, okay, Jonathan, we're going to take a, we're going to take a 15 second time out here to pay some bills and uh, we'll be right back. You certainly can't afford to give profit away for no reason, but what if I told you credit card processors may be overcharging you and robbing you of profits you've worked hard to earn. It's time to put an end to being overcharged for payment processing. It's time to take back your profits. 
That's why we've put together a free report, How to Avoid Being Overcharged by Your Payment Processor. Head over to TakeBackYourProfits.com, download the report, and put an end to being overcharged for credit card processing. You've worked hard for your sales, and you deserve to keep it. What are you waiting for? Go to TakeBackYourProfits.com and download your report today. Okay, folks, we are back here with John Peters from TCAM, and uh, we're going to wrap up our podcast today talking about some issues with uh, supply chain and uh, chemical shortages and equipment shortages that are out there right now. And we were um, in the break, Jonathan and I were talking about uh, if you're going to have a supply uh, chain crisis for the uh, pressure washing industry, this is probably the better time of year to have it than the middle of the summer. So hopefully it'll be cleared out by the time we get to the summer, which from what I hear, what the government's telling us, they think they're going to get it worked out. We'll see. Um, but how, how's it affecting the industry? How's it affecting your store? Um, how's it affecting the guys out in the field? And, uh, and you know, what kind of plans do you have in place to, to, to really fight this uh, supply chain shortage? Man, it is, it is affecting us a lot. Um, but you know, in, in with our business too, we're twofold because we manufacture and then we also have the store where a lot of our, um, a lot of our competition, you know, they, they'll just have a store. They're not an actual manufacturer. So, so what we're seeing, we'll just start with the manufacturing side is, is man, just shortage of chemicals. And it, and it's so, um, it'll be like, you know, the market will be flooded with it and then overnight it's gone. So, and then it's just scramble and then you got pricing increases. So, so what we're trying to do with that is just kind of maintain a certain level of inventory where we didn't normally do that. So what I had to do was we started, um, we kind of, we put into play where we, we started storing more in larger tanks. So, you know, instead of mixing the order, so to speak, you know, real-time inventory kind of thing, we just decided where, you know, what we're going to do is double that, make sure we always have that in stock and just kind of go that And And it's been hard chasing margin because the ever, the ever changing chemical market, trying to change prices all the time. I mean, it's unfair to almost change your pricing every week, but we've had to do that, yeah. um, which has made it a little bit more difficult with some of our customers. But the beauty about that is, is they understand and, um, you know, we're kind of, you just get ahead of it a little bit. So instead of every week, you just skip a week because you just go up. And so that's what we've tried to implement some of that. Um, now down in the store, the problem is, is like what we were talking about in the, in the earlier question about um, year in purchasing, these guys are basically just, they're living paycheck to paycheck, so to speak. So they're not keeping things in stock. They're just kind of, as it breaks, they'll come get it. So what we've been telling them, man, is like we just we ran a big special for, you know, the whole month of November where try to stock up on all your, um, you know, trigger guns, your wands, all those things that are use items. So that way, if they break, you've got it on there and you're not having to come to us and hope that we got our order in because those things aren't coming in. Um, you know, one of our biggest suppliers just told us that it's a big pump that, you know, not just us, but across the industry use, there's, they all come out of Italy. There's none in the air, none on the water and none on the shelves. That's what we were told. Wow. So it's like, well, um, you know, so what's that mean? You know, what does that mean for them? What does that mean for these people that are manufacturing machines? Right. Um, so it's one of those things where it's kind of like, okay, now how do we adjust on the fly? What do we pivot to? Um, but that's why we're not so, we don't stick to one brand. Sure. We try to make sure we have multiple options yep. that you can, um, you know, that you can add. So like if you've got a general pump and you want to switch over to an AR pump or a cat, we, we try to make sure we have all those things in there. Um, so that way there's always an option. Um, and the beauty is, is, you know, the technicians that we have are able to fabricate. 
So we can change your setup, you know, pretty much on site. So that way, if there needs to be a big adjustment, there can be that adjustment. Oh, that's great. That's so, great. Now, how, how does, um, as far as the inventory purchases go, um, you know, when chemical is available and you have to buy in bulk, how's that affecting the cash flow of your business? Um, it's affecting it big time because yeah, we're having to commit uh, more, you know, more funds up front to hold that in stock. But the beauty about that is it locks in your price. Right. So that's kind of what we've decided to do is really focus in on locking in price um, to produce volume as opposed to just trying to making sure we're always getting that margin. So, you know, if, if the margin is a little higher um, or excuse me, if the price is a little bit higher at that point, you know what, if, but if we can grab a couple totes of it right now, let's lock it in right. um, because, you know, a month from now it's guaranteed that it's going to continue to right. rise. So that's, that's kind of what we're seeing now is, is we buy when we can't, and just like we're building relationship with our customers, we've done the same with our vendors. Right. So, you know, we've got a couple guys that, um, you know, really built a good relationship with it. They know when they have X, whatever we use in stock, they call me yeah. and it's like, okay, this is what we've got. This is how long it's going to be. Do you want to buy, you know, one, two, three, four pallets of it, as opposed to just as you need to order. So that's what we've been doing. Um, we've dedicated some extra warehouse space to kind of just stocking it in there and, you know, being a little bit more lean when it comes to cash flow, yeah. but at the end result, man, it's been able to boost our margins right. um, or we've been chasing margins. It's been able to boost that margin right, right. Um, because we always have it on hand. Now, are you, um, you know, it's interesting. I've talked to a, a, a quite a few owners and of course, through several different verticals and, um, one of the common things that we're talking about a lot, which is which is you know unusual at this point, is you know national level politics actually is playing yeah. directly into our businesses for the real first time. Because most most of them, you don't even pay attention to it. They're doing their thing, we'll do our thing. But um, right. you know, there's there's some very scalable issues going on right now where there's you know we're looking at injecting trillions of dollars into the marketplace that it, that can really trigger. Uh, you know, certain levels of runaway inflation. So, you know, people who are dealing in hard products like you guys, you know, um, yeah. I, I, my company provides a service. So my, my, my numbers don't change in, in that type of environment. Right. In fact, we do better in inflationary periods than we do in non-inflationary periods. But, um, you know, when you're dealing with um, products, uh, you got to play, cl uh, pay close attention to this because, um, you know, you might be better off in, in three months to, 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 to rent more space and buy more product and just have it based on, on where it's going right. to go for the spring. Um, looking at the market, and that brings us to, you know, my last question for the, for the podcast. When you're looking at the market and you're seeing the spring rolling around as we get through winter, um, how do you, big picture us for a second, how do you, how do you see where we're going in the industry? Um, do you see things improving, you know, after January? Do you think it's going to be a very strong market? Um, I know, you know, even with you you guys, the housing market affects you guys to a high degree as well um, with purchases. Right. Um, where do you see this big picture? Where is it? Where is it all going? So what we do is, you know, because we stay diversified. Diversification is the main thing. So like what we tell guys, you know, um, instead of just washing a house, wash make house washing 75% of your business and do 25% in commercial. Commercial is going to be always there. Yeah, the margin's not as good, but you know what? They're going to clean 12, 12 months out of the year. You know, whereas the housing market, once it gets below 40 degrees and it turns to Thanksgiving, nobody's thinking about washing their house anymore. They're thinking about how they're going to pay for Christmas. Right. So, you know, what we do is, is we just kind of look at each sector that we're in. So, what we've done is we've, you know, we have a heating season where we sell, you know, certain things and then it goes on into the spring. But 
Man, it, it's this is the hardest time when I've sat and looked at next year, how to plan for next year, right. um, based on inflation, based on you know all the markers that are out there that are telling telling us all that something's going to happen. That you know, how do we plan for this? You know, what kind of inventory are we going to stock? Right. Um, do we go all in right now and, like you said, get some more warehouse space and just jam it full? Um, or do we um, – Or cash. Or do we scale back? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you know, it's like Russian roulette right uh, now is what it feels like. But and it's what we've done is – That's you know, the thing. Your, your, your decisions yeah. are two total ends of the spectrum as opposed to like – right. Normally, you, you drift one way five degrees, another way five degrees. But it's either you're all in or you're all out, and that's that's the option we're being left with. I know it's scary, but you know what's, and it kind of happened, you know, it really happened when we, when we came down to Atlanta to the huge convention, like with meeting you working on this relationship, I, I got introduced some some other people in the industry um, that I hadn't had access to before. And so we've kind of these strategic partnerships where we're sharing inventory. So like, we'll have Great something, idea. they have something. Yeah. And it, that has made it so much easier because now like if I don't have a unit on the floor and I need it, we call them, they ship it and vice versa. Yeah, the mar- we make a little bit less money, but you know what? That customer got what they wanted when they wanted it, as opposed to being like, you know what? That's six months out, Yeah, you know, because it's that's what's happening is some of this, some of the production is being told to us, you know, it's six to eight months out before we can get you these products. It's like, well, that's the end of next season. You know, I mean, how does that work? Yep. Um, so, you know, that that's really what we've looked at this year is, is, we're still battling that question about inventory. I mean, I, I wish I could give you that perfect answer where it's like, yeah, we're we're going to stock this amount of stuff. If, if you could, um, if you could, you wouldn't be on this podcast. You'd be on. Uh, oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be on a beach right, right. now somewhere. That's what we're right. doing. And, you so. know, you dropped you dropped a little diamond there that uh, I, I just want to go back to and make a great that which is a great point. You've had a, a couple of real insightful uh, uh, things that you've dropped in there, but one of them to all the new guys that are, are going to be listening to the podcast out there. Um, you know, build your business through abundance. Don't don't be terrified of your competition. Yeah. Work with them. Um, you know, we we all right. we all grow together. I mean, it, it's a it's a real cliche that when the the water rises, all boats float. But it's it is one of the truest things you'll you'll ever you'll ever see. Um, yeah. Collaboration with people in your market space. I've seen in other industries where where companies work with their competitor that's right next door to them, and they both grow together really well. And what a oh, great yeah. idea, strategic. That that's a real solid strategy to to develop relationships where you could share inventory, especially in these uncertain times, you're really taking that cash flow load and moving it around a little bit and, uh, you know, helping keep, keep yourself a little more, more cash rich. So that was a, that was a hidden little, a hidden little gem in your speech there. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. It's kind of just happened upon that, yep. you know, <laughs> it's a trial and error thing. You yeah, know? Well, everything's experience. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, as we get older, you know, we, we've, uh, we, we've bumped into so many different problems and, and that's one of the great things about what your company does and, and, and hopefully that that's very much in line with what we do is, is, is share that experience and help people get to where they're going faster. That's right. That's right. And, you know, and we're all looking for someone that, that we can just bounce ideas off. You know, a lot of these guys are, you know, it's them and their wives and a couple hourly employees and they've got nowhere to go for that, that advice. And, you know what? I don't pressure wash for a living, but you know what? We're in the same, like you said, we're in the same market space. We're able to have those conversations and we can, you know, we can help them kind of brainstorm through the problem. And then ultimately they get to go out and do the work and it has no reflection on us because they're the ones that, you know, are, are doing it. But what it's done now is it's built that relationship for us. And two, we get phone calls all the time. Hey, do you guys pressure wash? No, but 
here's a small list of guys that I trust because of these brainstorm sure. sessions. Yeah. Now we've built that rapport. Yeah. So like you said, man, it's just the money is staying in the community. Yeah. And like my, my business partner, my dad always says, you know, when you spend money locally, it recirculates seven times within that community. And yep. think of all the local businesses that get rewarded by that, by recirculating that money locally. Right, right. You know, my, one of my old partners used to tell me, you know, when uh, you think about being an owner and you, number one of the things, one of the main points he told me was it's Christmas for businesses, too. So at the end of the, yeah, at the, end of the yeah. year, get the new gear that you want, plan for the next year, get the proper equipment, save yourself the tax money and be ready to fly when, when spring rolls around. And the second thing he told That's me, right. which was which leads into what you're saying is nobody is an owner until you sell a company. You're an employee of your company, just like everybody else. Right. Stop acting like you're That's the right. big cheese. Get to work, build relationships, uh, treat people That's the right. way you want to be treated and stop thinking of yourself as an owner because you're not until you sell it. <laughs> That's exactly right, man. If you're not willing to go out and push a broom with the yeah. rest of the guys, man, you're no good. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to wrap this one up there, John. Uh, uh, if you're interested in, in joining our group here, just subscribe uh, by hitting the button below. Um, we're going to be back next week again with our uh, our, our brand new Under Pressure uh, podcast. And I just want to thank John for uh, jumping in and joining us on our, our kickoff event. And uh, we're going to be blessed by having John a few times down the road, too. John's a really good source. And if you have any questions for John, leave them with us. We'll make sure we get them off to Jonathan, and we'll uh, we'll see if Jonathan can get those answered for you. So, Jonathan, thank you so awesome, much for man. being here. It was a real pleasure uh, getting to know you a little bit better, and uh, we look forward to working with you down the road. You too, Dave. It was a pleasure, man. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to Under Pressure with Dave and Joey, the home service industry experts. A pair payments production. You're good at what you do, but the business side of our industry can be difficult. And that's where this show comes in. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. And we hope you had fun along the way. We know we did. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at Under Pressure Podcast. See you next time.